Welcome to Take Your Points. Uh, this week we have a special edition where we're going to have a roundtable discussion about some of the main issues that have ha been happening in the GA of late. We've got Shane Elliott with us, Cal Carville and Gerardo Kane. To start we're going to talk about what Shane and Cal were speaking about in their recent columns and that was to do with media attention uh, and criticism of players. And Shane, you spoke about your in your column about the criticism of Brian Carroll of Offaly. He was meted out some criticism you thought was unwarranted and is indicative of what's happening these days in the GA with social media. There's too much attention on players. Do you want to expand a little bit on that? I listened to an interview with Brian Carroll on RTE and it struck me that the criticism he was receiving had actually overstepped the mark and it became personal, which is never the right thing. He, uh, a man who had played and managed now in Offaly for a number of years, was a great player, Brian Carroll, and stepped into the market. He only stepped up to that job with about a month, you know, after Kevin Martin had resigned and Offaly were in turmoil. He stepped forward with Joe and Kelly when a whole lot of other people were probably saying, I'll not touch that way a barge pole. Things aren't good there at the moment. I'll stay away. But Brian, being the awfully man that he was, stepped forward, put his head above the parapet. So to come in for the criticism that he did, and you could tell by the tone of the interview that he was really taking it personally. I think it, some of it came from ex-players who, frankly, should have known better. One who was very scathing of him on Twitter, you know, and that's social media is very easy to be critical now. And then... When someone comes in with that criticism, then the keyboard warriors join in and everybody has a pop. And the people that are having the pops are probably most, 99% of them will be doing very little themselves. So I think it's too easy to, to, to personalise the criticism. And when it becomes personal, then I think it has to be called out. And as a society, we should start to call it out. We should start to say, hold on, this isn't right. These men are volunteers. These men are, are, are given of their own time. They're, they're, they're giving up and sacrificing family life, social lives and everything. So to, to be called out in public for criticism, I just think, is a, is, a, is a step too far. Do you think it's a GAA thing or is it an Irish thing or is it just a people thing? <sighs> it's probably a societal thing. The power of social media now has, has, and I don't do Twitter, I don't do social media, and I consciously try to stay away from it for that reason. I think our younger generation now, it has just become the norm. And Cahill and, and, and Jared being that bit younger are probably more involved in it than I would be. But I, I just think it's become easy to take a pop at people who have, uh, have put themselves forward for positions that uh, leave them open to, to criticism. So I think it's societal. I think it's become all too easy for, for people to voice their opinions. We all like to have chats and bars and talk about games and break games down and say where it went wrong and everything else and that's fine amongst a group of people but when that conversation goes out into the public domain and singles out individuals then that's where I think it's wrong that's and that's why I felt so strongly about what had happened to Brian Carl. if people in the public eye are doing that then that almost gives the green light to to the general public to weigh in behind that and uh, and 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 give a bit of a kick as well so I just think it, it it's, it goes back to that point, okay, we criticise, you put yourself into those positions, you accept sometimes the criticism that comes with it, but when it oversteps the mark and becomes personal, then that's where I think, as I say, it needs to be called out. Cal, your thoughts? Have you had taken much personal abuse and criticism? You definitely have since you started writing our columns. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I had that beforehand anyway, so it didn't really matter, but um, no, I, I, I think... Um, 
what Shane is saying is right and it is a saddle thing in terms of being Irish and you know what's the favourite pastime of Irish people is to criticise you know they don't uh, other places in the world you know in business and sport you know push people from uh, their country up and put them on a pedestal and we like nothing more than to tear someone down and in terms of the, the office situation it was all too easy to criticise um, a, a team when they're down not to say well um, Brian Carroll's put in the effort, stepped into a position that no one else wanted and did his best and it didn't work out and they're going to have to rebuild again. But in my um, past column I looked at you know other sports and that sort of level of criticism and also looked at the, the media because there is a big emphasis on how media portray certain things in the era of fake news and clickbait and trying to increase circulation and it's that wow factor in terms of a big criticism or a big statement to get people interested, to get people to go um, and look at things and like that doesn't actually mean there's any substance to it and I think sometimes the pundits are going for those uh, easy critiques and those easy likes and the point I made in my last column was comparing the incident involving Sean O'Brien and what he did with um, Lancer Rugby after they won um, the, the Pro 14. When I looked after it came out and the RFU put their statement out, which was a very bland, blase statement about what actually was a very serious incident um, for a professional player, let's not forget this criticism that's levelled at those in the GAA. They're coming from an amateur background. They're putting in their time away from the family, um, etc. These are professional guys who are acting like 14-year-olds. And what he did and the level of media coverage, especially in... Um, some of the the Dublin papers, etc., compared to what Jim Connolly and the uh, negative connotations that were in articles about him for going to America to play football uh, during the summer. So when that's levelled out at someone in a professional capacity and their actions, whereas the likes of Brian Carroll, who's putting his shoulder to the wheel to try and better Offaly Hearn and the level of criticism he gets, you know, it's completely disproportionate and to my mind, it's absolutely not on. So it's just a GA thing then? Like, why are they putting GA people on a different level than... Well, well, that is the question I suppose I posed at the end of it and you know sometimes in this in this country some of the rugby players are put up on a pedestal um, and uh, maybe the media isn't as negative on them as it would be in situations involving some GAA players and it's that disconnect in relation to how some uh, GAA players like Tiernan McCann another example I in my piece two uh, weeks beforehand talked about him and you know the level he was absolutely ostracised from the community at the actions what he did it wasn't right it was on the field um, and I don't condone what he did but he was you know it was ridiculous the amount of criticism from pundits and from those in the media as to what he did whereas other sports and other people who have behaviour has been a lot worse um, get let off easy so Jared. What would your take be on that now? You must have taken a lot of Christmas criticism as well, but what's your take on the difference between the treatment that GA players get and maybe other sports? I do think in general in Irish society, it's a lot worse than the way other sports are held up. You know, Maybe it's because we're heavily involved in the GA and we maybe hear more of it or see more of it, but uh, I think sports like rugby are maybe, they're the darlings of the Irish media and anything that maybe happens in that realm maybe hold a bit more power in that regard because they are professional and they can maybe make a phone call or two. You know, as Cahill said, if a GA player had done something akin to what the Leinster rugby player had done, I think that the papers would still be talking about it. And I wouldn't even miss doubt that because it happened in a, after a GA match, you know, you see what happened to the Kilkenny Hurling Club a couple of years ago. They celebrated, there was stuff went on. 
And because of what happened, happened uh, and the GA celebration and the cup was there, there was talk of the GA stepping in and sanctioning them, even though it happened two or three days after it. But the GA felt they had that power to control, to control what they were doing. And had that been a rugby team, there'd be no way that would have happened. Uh, myself, I actually wasn't that bad in that. Actually, one of the first times I suffered any criticism myself was from a fellow Gaelic life columnist, a dairyman, believe it or not. So I'll not have to name him. You have a fair idea who it was. He referred to me as a nice fella, but he was like a dog chasing a car wheel. And I was reading this, and I sort of I took it with a pinch of salt, gathering who it was wrote it. And then, no less than about three weeks later, bumped into Joe in Belfast. Uh, I was taking a Queen's summer camp. His son would have been six or seven at the time he was at it. Come over, shaking hands, hugs, how's it going? Next thing we're out for lunch, not a word about it, you know, that sort of thing. So I knew myself what way to take it, you know, and but as compared to maybe I suppose they're my own club mates, like but I've seen the flack within Derry that Owen and Paddy Bradley have took over the years, where at the time I remember Derry getting beat by Down in a National League game, which looking back on it now was ridiculous. There was an online forum the Derry GA had going themselves, it was shut down mm -hmm. on the Monday due to the criticism that was levelled at them too because they kicked three or four wides and this went on for 10 years with them and maybe they deflected a lot of the criticism away from everybody because when Derry was going well it was grand but when Derry wasn't going well they seemed to come on for a lot of flack you know so I was sort of close enough to it to see what it can do to people but touch wood it was never as much directly as affected as they were. Sometimes players, the good players need to have a thick thick skin to to, and the Bradleys would be a good example of that, where they can take a lot of flack and to be a good football you need to handle that sort of pressure? Well they do, you know, and Owen and Paddy, I can just use the because I know them quite well, with two different personalities, but they would take it in different ways. Owen would probably shrug it off and nearly half laugh about it. Paddy would take it and he'd, he'd remember it six months down the line, using it as a point to prove to someone. Mm -hmm. uh, even he, he doesn't know the person, but he was very serious about his worth, his football ability and his work ethic. And that's where he got to where he got to. And they like to prove people wrong continually. And that's what he done with most of the criticism. Mickey Hart has got some criticism, for, not a lot of criticism, but some have criticized him for the position that he's taken now where he's moving back to the sweeper systems and the counter-attacking systems. What was your thoughts on that? Do you think it's a good thing that now that Toronto did that and maybe you could pick up, a, pick up a bit of momentum in the qualifiers? Well, now that I've seen the draw right through until the semi-final, I wouldn't start Toronto to get the semi-final. They're in a Super 8 group, which I think they would have want to be in. Cavan won't be easy beat by any means, but I think if they can go over Cavan, Trome will use the Super 8s to get better. But again, I think the way they play and the system they play is enough for them to get to a certain level and a certain distance, but I don't think they can want it outright playing that system. Now, had they stuck to the original system of obviously playing a lot more longer ball, playing a kicking game, maybe taking a bit more of a gamble, I don't think they would have won either because maybe it's not fair on them boys looking at it with rose-tinted glasses. If you're looking at the teams that Trone have now compared to not only the Trone teams of the Naughties, but any team that has won the All-Ireland over the last 10 years, they probably don't have the same quality all over the field. They have a dearth of players from that can play number 5 to 12. You could have about 10 or 12 players there, all at a similar level. But I think they're missing three or four maybe boys that are of standout, constant all-star quality that you need to get to one another. And so I think that he's making his chain system all right and there's probably no more man 
more single-minded than Mickey that takes that all on the chin, but I think the system they're playing will get them so far, maybe further than the other system would have, but I still think it, they won't want it, and that's not to do with their system, I just think it's the quality of play they have at their disposal. Okay. Sweepers were in the news yesterday because of Wexford and how Wexford played the Leinster final. Is that right, Shane? The, there was a and they and one person said that there'd be no more talk about sweepers after the way they won. That would you agree or what, how would you? How did you take that? I well, you can't really criticise Davy for what he's done with with Wexford and the sweeper system. I'm a bit of a traditionalist in the hurling sense myself, and that I'm not a huge fan. But every manager has the right to set up a team up in terms of how they see will give them the best chance to win. And Davies obviously looked at Wexford. He, he realises their limitations and realises he can get the best out of them playing a sweeper. And you talk about criticism, you can see Davies a guy who, who does take criticism personally. That's why he's so prickly with the media. I know Davies outside of it and he's a lovely fella, a lovely, amicable fella. His media profile is that he has become so prickly and guarded about the media attention because of the criticism he's received. And he, he receives an enormous amount of a criticism because he's, he's quite a divisive character at times. But what he's achieved in the game is second to none. But I think his, uh, the, the, the sweeper for, with Wexford, I think... The beauty from a hurling perspective is that no team playing a sweeper have won in All-Ireland yet because then monkey see, monkey do. Everybody will be doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. And we'll have sweepers and clubs and underage teams and everywhere because people copy success. You know, Waterford tried it with Derek McGrath and got very close with the sweeper system. Never really worked out how to transition with the sweeper system and create the scoring opportunities up front. Wexford, whilst they play in what was an enthralling game, pure on quality, I have to say, but absolutely top drawer in terms of physicality and manliness and just the battles all over the field. I think going forward, I can't see them winning an All-Ireland playing with a sweeper. I, I, I think they will face better teams than at what was a, a limited enough Kilkenny. That's as poor a Kilkenny team as you'll see. They just played like to that level because of Cody, who gets every ounce of what that team have. But going forward, I wouldn't be convinced that a sweeper system will take them to an All-Ireland. So a sweeper system would never really beat a team of good players? Like the, it'll never beat quality? Quality will always work it out. In hurling, they'll always work out a sweeper system. And the beauty of, of hurling in comparison to football is that you can, the ball can move greater distances and you can bypass sweepers if you're playing the ball into the right areas. A team like Limerick will work that out. A team like Limerick who show that they are... They're as good as it gets. I think they're going to take Hurland to, to a level that we maybe haven't seen before. They just remind me, and I see that uh, John Kelly get a bit shirty about being compared to the great Kilkenny team. They are that good. I think this is a team that could win multiple All-Irelands, not just one or two. I think going forward over the next four to five years, I could see them one and three or four. But they'll work that out. They will play around a sweeper. They will move the ball around through the lines. They'll cross diagonal the ball. They will bypass. They play heads up hurling. They know where they're playing the ball. So they'll work it out. But Davey, having said that, will work out a strategy and a system to try and overcome a team like Limerick. And Kilkenny are not a team like Limerick at the moment. So yesterday, certainly Wexford will be a hard team to beat with a sweeper and a defensive system. And that's what Waterford were like. But when they come up against the top teams, All-Ireland semi-finals and All-Ireland finals, I think they'll, they'll, they'll come up short. Kyle, what's your take on systems? Uh, do they help at club level for teams maybe who need to fill, it that, fill in that quality gap? Or are you, should they be taken away completely? 
I don't personally like them playing and being a forward, I suppose I don't like playing into them, whether it's hurling or the football, especially at number 11, because they try and, um, at that channel, they try and double up and put the pressure on um, when you're playing through the lines or even going long to drop them back, and it makes it more difficult to play. And it also makes it as a spectacle. It's not um, you know, what you pay in and normally say. In terms of the, the hurling whites from yesterday, I think... Davy Fitz has played to Waxford's strengths and having a corner with somebody like Conor McDonald up front where you can outlay that ball and he's going to, you know, give a good, a good maybe more than 50-50 chance of winning it. You know, you play to those strengths and they packed the area so the sweeper nearly became anonymous in the Kilkenny team. As Shane says, that Kilkenny team, you know, outside of TJ Reid and Fenley, but he didn't really get going at all. Um, you know, aren't at the level, and you saw Walter uh, Walsh, he would come off injured, he wasn't at, at it at all, but good teams do work it out. Limerick are not only an exceptional team, but they are animals of men. Like, if you, you saw the, the work that they have done from of looking at the team line out from three or four years ago to where they are now. Like even uh, Peter Casey coming in and like he's a physique on him. I was going to say like Rory Woods, but he does have that chest, you know, and he's only just coming in off off the bench and what he did yesterday as well. I think um, I called last year that Limerick would win the All-Ireland and I think there's no one stopping them um, at this stage. Uh, I personally would prefer to see man-on-man football or hurling. Test yourself uh, um, against the best and may the best man win. That's the way I like to play the sport and you know I like to watch um, football and hurling being played. But where you don't have that out-and-out quality of a Dublin, of a Limerick and, and those type of players, I think to get to that level... Um, having a sweeper does mask some of those um, inadequacies but in saying that as well we've seen with uh, my own county Armagh the, the level of their tackling wasn't up to scratch at all in a number of games this year because maybe having that sweeper you think you don't need to be as good or the man marker goes out of it but for the spectacle I'd like to see going man for man and the, the sweeper system to be put in the bin but the reality is that's not going to happen anytime soon. Even if you just look at the Wexford team yesterday uh, I was looking, even though they've won Leinster, I think that they draw two of their games. And they're three, actually. Yeah, they're the only unbeaten team in Leinster. But uh, a sweeper system will prevent you from losing. But it can only take you so far in one. And had they been using that system in Munster against Cork, Tipperary or Limerick, I don't think they would have went through it unbeaten. And they probably wouldn't have won it. Now, they'll get a chance to test themselves in an Iron semi-final, maybe a final in that realm. But... Uh, I think the fact that they drew theatre games using that system says it's holding them back somewhere along the line. There is was another game on at the weekend, Leash beat um, Westmeath and the Joe McDonough, uh, and th- that's a tiered system, that's the second tier, and t- today we've heard that there's going to be a push, where they're going to put forward uh, tier two so options for in Congress later on in the year. What's your thoughts, well, what was your thoughts when you heard that? Are you for the change in the football tier, for football system so there would be a tiered I'll be honest, whenever John Horan first came in, he made it clear that, that was his mandate, so I initially was. I, I was always of the opinion you play the level you're at, and, but once I read them and probably seen them in black and white, I'm looking at my own county, Derry, who, unless they get to an Ulster final, won't even be in the qualifiers for Ireland. If they get beaten the first round of Ulster, they're straight into a second-tier system with no chance of playing all Ireland. And uh, Looking at it from that, maybe that's just where Derry's at. So they have to work their way back into Division 1 or 2 to try and get back into the race for all Ireland. So sort of, once I've seen that in black and white, I didn't know if it was for it as much. Whenever it's 
comes to your own doorstep. Initially, I was for it, but if you look at the way the hurling went at the weekend, I think the Joe McDonough fan, that would be the closest end to the Liam McCarthy, the column inches it got, was rather small. And I just felt her on down on through to the Christie Ring, on down to Nicky Rackard was the same. And unless that the Congress looks at the hurling model, which works in terms of the games, but not in terms of the coverage they get, and use it as an example of, right, here's what we've done, how do we tweak it now to make it better? Unless they do that, uh, I don't think a second tier will help develop counties too much. Yeah. Were the romantics in Derry, where like, yourself and myself, we can remember the good old days and we think we should be there, but we're not, Derry aren't really at that level. Like, I mean, if you're getting beat in the first or second yeah, round well, of the qualifiers, you don't deserve to be. <laughs> I suppose at the Ulster final last week, I just actually noted in the programme, Derry have the least Ulster titles of all nine counties. Derry have seven. I think the closest to them is nine. Whereas he looked at it nine years ago, Donegal only had five. They were below Derry and now they're sitting at ten. You know, they've got five in the last eight years. I suppose to say we grew up with looking at it through the romance of Derry going well, a strong Derry team for 10, 15 years. I think that if we're going to use that model, I think it hampers teams then if you have a team like Slathneel who were supplying Derry nearly half a team at one point, seven players, they dropped down two divisions, which I would still go on record as saying they wouldn't have done it if they had a seven Slathneel men available. So they're going to play in a what, what will probably be the second tier competition and they're being punished because one of the club teams went so far and I know that that's going to change as well mm -hmm. because the club finals are being proposed to bring forward to January. It's probably to prevent that from happening because counties like Derry would maybe say, hold on a minute, are we going to be forced now to play without a potentially four or five players whenever we're trying to get back up into the Division 2? So I think that's maybe one of the bargaining chips to push that through. Shane, you've said on this show the last time you were on, you said you can't understand why football hasn't made the move to the tiered system. It's going to happen now. Do you think it'd be a positive thing? What's the, going to be the um, working out of this? I'm only going from the experience of, of hurling and, and how I feel it's positive because teams are competing against teams that they can p compete against. Now, maybe the gap in hurling between a Division 1 team and a Division 2A team is a lot more than it would be in, in football. But I think George's point is a good one. What probably puts off, I think they still, what the GAA still haven't got right with the tiered competitions in hurling as a profile. The Joe McDonough was played yesterday. Hardly anybody knew it was played. They fixed it at nearly exactly the same time as a monster final, which is just ridiculous to my mind because it should have been a televised game preceding the Leinster final, which is like, it's a good thing. The fact that it precedes the Leinster final was a good thing and the right thing to do. But then they put the Munster final on at the same time. That just makes no sense to me. Crack and game, by all accounts, some great hurling played, but sure, nobody knows about it. Mm -hmm. Nobody, you know, young fellas don't know who plays for Leash or Westmeath. So those counties that are competing at that level don't get the profile that doesn't get to the ground level to encourage young fellas to want to play for their county and to get, you know, to get onto TV and to get a bit of a profile, which people like at the end of the day. So I think they haven't got that right. I think the tiered system works in that the McDonough is very, very competitive. The teams are evenly balanced. But I think the true test was we'll see Leash and Westmead now competing against the big boys, and I think it'll show very clearly that we're still there's still a long way to go. I don't believe that putting the McDonough teams into the Liam McCarthy to go out and to get hammerings every year is good for development. I think what is better for development is to compete at your level and raise your standards to be ready to compete at the higher level. So I think for Hurling, clearly, where there's four or five different tiers because of the different gaps, it works. 
but unless they sort the profile out, I can see why football counties would re be resistant to it. Could there be any knock-on effect at club level? Is there players in Antrim that aren't playing for Antrim because why would I bother playing Joe McDonough? I'll stick with Dunloy or Lachiel and I'll win a Andrew Seymour championship. There's no doubt about that. Well, you know, this year I think Neil Peden did a great job. He got the best, he got as many of the best players out as he as he possibly could. I think the problem in Antrim is that we still are a wee bit insular in terms of our, our club loyalties. And I, I speak as a Dunloy man when I say that. We're a bit insular and, you know, clubs like Cushendall, Lockheed and Loy, and I'll use those three as examples, can see themselves as potential All-Ireland club contenders. And when you weigh that up against playing for the county that ultimately, you know, very unlikely to be successful, certainly at Liam McCarthy level, competing to a, to a point at McDonnell level, it does make club hurling a wee bit more attractive for a young fella to commit to and make the sacrifices, etc., etc. But I think if we, if 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 the Antrim County get up to a level where they were com competing, winning McDonald's and competing at the big level, that will help to encourage clubs to 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 and young fellas because ultimately clubs don't hold the young fellas back from going to the county. Young fellas make their own decisions. They they see what they see. Like our club would never have said to a young fella, "No, don't be going to the county. You'll have more chance of success with your with your club." Young fellas make their minds up for themselves and make their minds up about what they're prepared to commit to. But I think success is attractive. Success is magnetic, and if young young fellas coming up through the ranks see success, they want to be part of that, and they're more likely in Antrim for that to be at McDonald level than with the chance to compete at Liam McCarthy level because we're a long way off that level. Cahill, you've played at tiered systems in Hurling at county level. What's, what do you think is going to be the effect for football when they go to that stage? Well, I suppose there's two words f for me in relation to the tiered system on why it will work and why it will not work. Uh, uh, and that is um, promotion and respect. Um, in terms of the Hurling, um, prime example, as Shane has alluded to earlier, um, the Joe McDonough final, which was a great game, and I did watch um, the, the full game on TG Kehar, um, uh, after the match but it was on the same time as the Munster final and no one is going to tune and it wasn't even on TV but you're not going to link to go to that when the Munster final's on like it was just crazy decision and it showed a complete lack of respect again in my mind and after all of the column inches about tiered championships football and hurling and given the amount of respect and the amount of sacrifice that these players ha ha have made and the likes of Paddy Purcell put in a brilliant game um, yesterday and no one picked up on at all. The, the only person we're looking at is Buff Egan to get highlights on Snapchat and that's the reality of it. And you know, to my mind, that's just not good enough. So I am a fan of what um, the, the tiered championship can be and in, in my experience of playing in the um, Nicky Rackard getting up to the Christian ring and, uh, and getting to the, the highest league position that um, Arma have ever been and competing strongly against the likes of Antrim in Division 2 a number of years ago. We saw firsthand the benefits of what playing in tier championship, playing at your level to better yourself can show. And the likes of Carlo again, you know, and this has, I suppose, been forgotten that they did draw with Galway. I know Galway went out um, early this year, but, you know, they showed that they are at that level and then they were brought down so they're back into the Joe McDonough. And I think that's a point which could be tweaked again where you've shown yourself you have that ability to compete at that level that you should stay at that level but in order for the football um, second tier championship to work and to be beneficial to those teams the likes of Leitrim and the likes of Derry and teams who 
or at that level is to promote it properly, to give it the, the correct amount of respect and to have this as something that young players at club level can aspire to and can want to play at that level, to pull on the, the county jersey, to run out in Cope Park on an All-Ireland semi-final uh, before an All-Ireland uh, all final proper and if you're given that amount of respect that you actually think this is worthwhile because let's not forget playing in inter-county, the level of commitment you have to give, sacrifice throughout your life, career etc you know it's only going to get uh, more intense so you need to have that goal at the end and to be able to realistically look at the year ahead and say I can actually win something here something that's worth winning that's been promoted properly and I have to say in terms of the promotion point the likes of the the more local papers have done a great job in terms of promoting the tiered championship I'm looking at my own county in terms of the Nicky Rackard final that they played in a number of weeks ago and also Down played in the Crystal Ring final. It was really well promoted, interviews with players and a lot of that was in the Gaelic life and speaking to some of the players, my own club mates, you know, some guys that maybe hadn't got that promotion in line, it really gave them a bit of a boost in terms of going into that game. So two things, if they're going to get the football championship right and they want to push on with the Hurling tier championship is promotion and respect. Okay, so next year, whenever Derry play Antrim in the Tier 2 Championship Final, put it on before Dublin play Donegal in the final, and that's what we should do. That's what Take Your Point is saying to the GA. So Shane, thanks very much for coming in. Cal, thanks for coming in. And Jared too. And thanks for you for watching. We'll see you next week.